Welcome to the Middle Class to Millionaires podcast, a no-nonsense show designed to help you punch fear in the face and create the life you've always dreamed of. Now, here are your hosts, Vince and Christian. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Middle Class to Millionaire. I know it's been a little bit since we've released anything with all the craziness going on, but we thought we'd take a take a little look into that and see uh, from our perspective how businesses are our businesses are doing. Yeah, it's been a wild ride these past what two weeks since we uh, recorded our last show. Seems like overnight the world went to heck in the handbasket, as they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been a bit crazy. I know a lot of. Uh, cities and counties, especially here in Texas, and I'm sure in other states have gone on a shelter-in-place rule for 14 to 21 days. So that definitely has had an impact on not only the travel industry, um, but small businesses and businesses as a whole. So we can't necessarily speak to, uh, I mean, we give a broad overview of how it's affecting other businesses, but we could talk more into detail how it's affected our business within Airbnb and real estate and how or what we are doing to come combat that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think Dallas County was the first county in DFW to issue the stay in place. This was what back Sunday. Today is March 25th and it is Wednesday. So yeah, three days ago. Yeah. And Tarrant County issued theirs effective 12 hours ago. Yep. So and uh, Collin County was on Monday or Tuesday as well. So uh, the three major counties uh, in the DFW area that are on uh, shelter in place, which essentially means, I'm sure a lot of you know, um, unless you have an essential job or like a nurse, medical, and there's some other construction, building, cleaning, some of those things. Electrician. Depending on the county. Yeah. It's county specific. Each county is different. Um, but generally just some uh, essential jobs that are allowed to be out and about or if you need to go to the grocery store um or you know some emergency of some kind medical attention things like that yeah they, <laughs> right. um metrotex so metrotex is the board that i'm on for real estate agents they so title companies which are technically law offices are deemed essential but real estate as a whole as of right now, is not deemed essential. So MetroTex actually sent out a, either a letter or an email, like a bunch of people on their board, asking all these counties to deem real estate as essential because you basically have all these listings. I think there's 30,000 active listings in DFW right now. And all these houses are just going to sit and rack up days on market, which is really bad for sellers because it looks like you know there's something wrong with the house. Obviously, everyone knows what's going on right now, but People can't sell their houses. People can't show their houses. I mean, even right now, one of the things we'll talk about is, you know, I'm trying to look for, or we're both trying to look for short-term tenants for our properties. But if it's not deemed essential, you can't even do that. So so how are title companies getting things done with the courts being pretty much closed? Well, the court system is a little bit different than title companies, but uh, for anything title-related, a lot of title companies are working remotely. And for instance, we have a closing tomorrow for a house that we are flipping in Arlington. So the my business partner on that one lives in California, as you know. So he actually has to go to a bank. Now, Cal he's in San Francisco. There's like seven counties in San Francisco that led the way in this whole thing. So they can't do anything. 
same same as here now, but they at first it was extreme, now it's it's our normal. So he has to go to a bank to get someone to notarize his closing documents. So for the buyer here in DFW, she's having a mobile notary sent to her. Since it's deemed essential, that notary can actually go to her to close those documents. So to answer your question, these title companies are working remotely and a lot of stuff that they wouldn't normally do as far as like notaries or things like that, or maybe docu-signing stuff like I think they're allowing to do. And I can't speak to that for sure. I just know that they're having to do these things that they wouldn't normally do to get these things done. So it seems like a lot of businesses uh, right now are having to get creative and figure out ways to continue to do business as much as possible with everything being limited. So that's kind of the key in this whole thing is, is how to be creative and continuing to run business as much as you can. Because, I mean, there are businesses that are can't do anything like restaurants. You know, I kind of feel for them when they're shut down or limited to takeout or what have you. And so it, it, it leaves them in a spot of having to figure out a takeout system with if they didn't have one in place. Or some restaurants altogether are just saying, for you know, I'm just going to have to close my doors. Yeah, yeah uh, we, were, we were at Sundance Square last night or yesterday afternoon trying to just get, see some you know, get out and enjoy the weather before we were shut down. And this restaurant we parked in front of actually set up a table to basically service their to-go orders, which is great, you know, because they're, I guess for their sake, they're just trying to keep people out of their store or restaurant. So that's one of the things that they're doing. But I think what really sucks for a lot of people is you have a lot of hourly workers, you know, especially waiter, waiters yeah. and waitresses who, man, they can't do anything. Everybody's hurting. We're not just saying that we're hurting just Airbnb. We we can definitely all agree that everyone in America is suffering right now because of this. Yeah, if you're not if you're in a non-essential job and you you know you're either getting let go because the the business can't stay afloat without cutting people and you're stuck, you know, having to figure out what to do. I mean, I'm sure unemployment when the numbers come out are going to skyrocket. You know? Yeah, and I was listening to uh, Vacation Rental Machine yesterday. They put out an episode and, you know, they project the unemployment is going to be around 20%, which is like yeah, numbers. Yeah, as much. Yeah, it's like the Great Depression numbers. But what it's not accounting for is business owners like you and I. We're not going to be in those numbers because technically we haven't lost a job. Yes, we're suffering too, but so those numbers aren't even going to be accurate to the effect that this has had globally, yeah. but specifically here in America. And we haven't felt it yet. I mean, I know it's bad right now, but... It's gonna it's gonna have a lasting effect um, going on into the future. I was reading an article the other day that was talking about mortgages and how people are pretty much going to a lot of a lot of mortgage companies are utilizing like forbearance options, mm-hmm. um, which I would recommend if you take that route to look really deep into it and and you know make sure you ask all the questions because there's more to it than just not having to pay. Yeah. Um, let me touch on that real quick because I was looking at that for one of my properties because they sent an email saying if if you needed to do that, you know, here's your options. Forbearance sounds great because it's like, oh, great, I don't have to pay. But what they're doing is they are, and if, sorry if you hear the background noise, we're we're trying to make this podcast work. We're just going to keep recording. If it's not perfect, it's not perfect. So what they're doing is you're, let's just say you don't make April 1st through uh, June 1st payments. So you skip April, May, and June. Well, on July 1st, not only is your July 1st payment due, but the other three payments are also due. 
So while it sounds great, like you don't have to pay forbearance unless you think you're going to have the cash, I don't think that's necessarily a good option. Right. And what that leads to is if, you know, you do, you get three months of relief. And, and although that might sound great, like Vince is saying, you're either they give you the three months at the end of that. So you have to come up with, I should say, $6,000. And if you don't have that, it, it then turns into what's called a, uh, a loan modification. And essentially, that's another six to seven months before it turns into a short sale. We're just kind of kind of get into the detail of it. But the thing about loan modification is that if you are making a decent income, you more than likely won't qualify for a loan modification. And then that turns into makes things a lot worse, which would eventually turn into a short sale shortly after and leads to the chance of losing your house. So on the article I was reading, it stated that a lot of people are going to be doing these forbearances and it, it's almost going to like overload the mortgage servicing industry. And cause they're, I mean, they're already backed up as it, as it is. And imagine in a month or two, they're going to be extremely backed up and, and it's going to cause like a, like a, like a break in, in, in that industry. Basically, you know, we haven't felt the full effect as of yet. I think within the next month or two, we'll definitely start seeing the true results of this whole thing. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about the current state of our Airbnbs and what we're looking at doing to, you know, not lose income. So I'll kind of start with uh, my two units that I have between me and my wife, and then we can talk about the ones that you and I have together, and then we can talk about yours. So I have, uh, my wife and I have a Airbnb in Lake Worth that normally is our moneymaker. It's the one that is usually constantly booked, and we net on that one you know, anywhere from two to $2,500 a month. And so this whole virus thing, today's what, the 25th? This whole, this happened, what, like the 13th-ish, somewhere around there, about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So the last booking I had at that place was last Tuesday. So I have not, and I have nothing on the calendar right now for that place. And it's normally booked at least 80 to 90% of the month. Then we have a property in downtown Fort Worth that is the house that has two units on it. You know, we have the garage apartment in the back, and then we have, or the above garage apartment in the back, and then we have the main house. Now, the main house has had sprinkled bookings here and there, but what I've been doing is actively on Craigslist, Facebook, um, in our church, like Facebook group, trying to basically find someone to, to rent these places month to month. I've also dropped our rates significantly, offered promotions. I've had to, you know, offer promotions, cut our rates, but the thing is, even if I have to simply just pay the bills at this point, that's the goal. Our properties in Fort Worth and Grapevine, you want to talk about those? They've been doing okay. Uh, not as good as they once were. We get uh, Fort Worth, get bookings here and there. Yeah, I'm going to the calendar right now. And uh, Grapevine, uh, we had a month-long booking in March to cover us for that month. And they ended up leaving early, so I don't think we have anything in April. No, we had a reservation and they canceled. So, oh, that's right. Yeah. So the good thing about that month on booking that we got is his reservation technically doesn't end until, you know, the 31st. And we're here at the Airbnb right now. He's not here, obviously, because he's gone. So this one, it's going to pay the bills. And, you know, we'll net a little bit. Really, kind of the overage is going to go to potentially next month. And I want to talk about that in a minute is cash reserves. But as far as Fort Worth, you know, luckily we've had some sprinkled bookings here and there, and we've only missed one, two, three, four, five, six days so far. 
and then we have a booking tomorrow and then we have five days after that that are empty so that is a airbnb arbitrage which means we're utilizing a corporate lease to have that property and that's on west 7th so it's still in a desirable area for locals but now that tarrant county has issued the you know stay in place or whatever it's called shelter in place i'll be curious to see what happens there and what about your property? You have one in Dallas and Richardson, right? Yeah. So since Dallas was the first one to kind of uh, lead this whole shelter-in-place thing, uh, definitely it's been – and I just launched it. So, I mean, I was still kind of dialing that one in. Um, but I've had bookings here and there, very sprinkled. Richardson has been doing pretty well based on everything that's been going on. I, I just got the rest of my month booked a couple of days ago. So – that one has been doing a little bit surprised, but uh, still maybe you know netting a couple hundred over. But any that would or that profit is just going to go over to Dallas anyway to pay. So this is all part of business. I mean, nobody expects an epidemic to break out, right? Yeah, nobody expects the apocalypse. You know, yeah, no one expects markets to crash. Nobody expects craziness. But as a business owner, you know it, it's important to have some cash reserves. In mm-hmm. case something like this does happen, and really, what this has taught me is to have like triple or quadruple <laughs> cash reserves that I that I have now. Because mm-hmm. um, you know who's who's to say how long this is? It's uncertain how long it's supposed to last, yeah. right? I know the President speaking of reopening everything back up by uh, Easter. Easter, yeah, and that'd be great if, if that happened, get everything back to normal. But you can never be too certain and and you but you can it's always great to be prepared and you can never be over prepared and just being able to be creative right like it you don't if if your business starts sinking you don't just go home and cry on the couch <laughs> you know you find ways to be creative to keep afloat and go from there that's part of being a business owner yeah for sure and i think uh, another lesson to learn and, and i learned this back when i was um, helping a, a wholesale company you know, you, you can't really rely on anyone but yourself. Back then when I was running this wholesale company, we were doing great. And I was making, you know, the most money I'd ever made. But then things started slowing down and I started seeing the silver lining that, hey, this is not going to last forever. And I've got to start doing something else before this just plateaus and, I, and I'm driving for Uber, you know. So on, yeah. that, on that one, luckily, I, I formed that relationship with you know, one of my business partners in California and started flipping houses with him and kept the income coming in. But even with him now, he, we're on pause and it's the three of us now that you're, you're with us. You know, we're on pause flipping houses because he's in California and we're on pause, which is fine, but you, you really can't rely on anyone but yourself. So you've got to, you've got to be doing things on the side to, to make extra income. My, the one thing my dad taught me was you know, you can never, you got to have multiple streams of income. If you're relying on one source of income, what happens when that income goes away? What happens if you're working for the government and the government gets shut down? Or if you're working for this restaurant and because of this, you know, pandemic, they're closed. Okay. What are you doing for money now? And then, which kind of leads to cash reserves, like you were saying, triple and quadruple, I think is brilliant. One of my mentor, my old mentors told me when I started building up my rental portfolio, he he told me you need to have $5,000 per property in case something happens, which at the time I thought was great. I think I had like three properties and I was, you know, working towards that number. I think I had that number, but shoot. And now I have seven doors, seven or eight doors. You know, I have a number in my head that I like us to be at as far as what we have in the bank. 
And for me, because of this, that number has just doubled. Yeah, for sure. And that's uh, that's another thing, you know, you, you want to ensure, uh, one, that you have cash reserves, right? That's, that's, that's obviously very important in this time. Cash is definitely king. Mm-hmm. Um, and then focusing on keeping, you know, overhead low, just depending on what business you're running. Having a mixed portfolio also helps out too. So, for example, you shouldn't just put all your eggs in one basket and and rely on that. So, you know, mix it up a little bit. You can have traditional rentals. You can have arbitrage units. You can have short-term, long-term. That helps you keep afloat as well. And then also, like Vince said, adding another source of income. And one that is not tied to a particular market. Mm-hmm. and Which we're learning, sur- we just talked about. <laughs> yeah, and can survive a recession or epidemic. So like focusing on something that no matter what's going on, it's going to survive. And if you have that stream of income coming in, whether the other ones are not doing that well, you still have that one that's you know going to provide for you. So that's another thing that I've learned, especially is you know just to focus on, on building another stream of income that survives through all markets and all, you know, whether a recession is going on or not. And I think one of the other lessons that we can all learn from this, what we're currently going through is going to weed out a lot of people. A lot of, let's just talk specifically to Airbnb and to real estate right now, because that's what you and I do. There's going to be a lot of investors who go back to a job when the, you know, when they can, or they dump their Airbnb units because they can't afford to make payments anymore. So what this does is this actually creates opportunity. This creates an opportunity for us if we hold on to our units, you know, when a lot of these other people are going to be taking their units off Airbnb because they're done, they're like, screw this, I can't do this anymore, then that means there's going to be more supply, you know, or well, our supply is going to be there and theirs is not going to be, which means we should, obviously if the economy gets back to normal, we should see, you know, some increase in bookings if we can just hold on, which I think that's where the cash reserves comes in because I think Airbnb or just vacation rentals. I don't mean to speak just to Airbnb, VRBO, booking.com, whatever. Vacation rentals, I don't think they're ever going to go away. So it's definitely a market to be in. You just have to be smart as far as when stuff like this happens, because it always does. I mean, we're in a, what was it, a 11-year bull market? Was it? Yeah, it's yeah. cyclical. So that typically every 10 years is a, a correction or what have you. Yeah, and now obviously this is a little bit different because a global virus, you know, is happening. It, again, this goes back to cash reserves. These companies that are getting bailed out, I think it's ridiculous because there are these companies making billions of dollars and they can't have some cash reserves to stay afloat for a couple weeks. So I think as a business owner, whoever you are, you should have cash to get yourself through these emergencies. You know, emergency fund. I'm sure Dave Ramsey talks about emergency fund. You know, we don't talk a lot about Dave Ramsey because his, you know, his his thinking is different than ours in some, re- some regards. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I do think having cash reserves, as much as you can save, even if it's only, let's just say, two mortgage payments that you can afford to save, well, right now would be a good time to have that money. If that means you've got to cut back on your Starbucks every day or stop going out to eat because going out to eat costs a lot of money, build those reserves up for times like these. Because everyone thinks, oh, I'm never going to need it. You know, What about when you do need it? It's just smart to have cash. Like you say, cash is king, especially right now. So what about you? What are you, I know I kind of said what I was doing to um, fill these voids, but what are you, what are you trying to do for yours? Um, Essentially the same thing. I mean, right now I'm I'm good on one 
and the other one just listed it as a month to month rental. Just depending how long this stuff goes on, I'll have to start, you know, maybe marketing to corporations or even nurses that can stay in the area. And really, my concern is not to make a profit here. My concern is to pay the uh, the ongoing cost. That's all I'm concerned about. I could care less if I make a profit during this time. If I do, that's nice. But if not, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, um, and I think that's because you probably have what, a long-term goal that you still see that this is profitable and you're not going to bail. You just got to get through it, right? Yeah, that, and that's with anything in life. You know, you're, if you're going through something, you don't just quit and you know go home and sit on your couch and cry. <laughs> um, you 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 get up, you know, dust yourself off. And you keep going. And, and that's really how everything in life is achieved is, you know, not giving up, being persistent, hardworking, being creative and just, you know, holding on to the end. And once you learn that, you know, you're going to be just fine and you're going to be able to achieve whatever you want to. Yeah, for sure. And that's where the that's where the winners keep winning. You know, like Brandon was saying on the last episode, he kept talking about that's why we win. And exactly because we we pick ourselves back up, we have contingency plans, or even if we don't have a contingency plan, even if we're all feeling it like we are right now, it's it's the not quitting and saying, "Man, this sucks." Being an entrepreneur sucks. I'm going back to my job. It's because yeah. I I mean, hey, this sucks right now. I'm not gonna lie, this this really sucks. But I've been doing this for over three years now, and the freedom I have gained. I will take this little battle right now and I will defeat the heck out of this stupid thing to keep doing what I'm doing. So if that means I've got to go figure out a way to, even if I'm, you know, there's apps where you can make money. Tackle is an app. You can do um, thumb thumbtack or something like that. These, these apps and websites where you can go do odd jobs. Even if you got to start doing whatever it is just to get by until this thing dies down, do it. Keep pressing on, keep getting back up. That's how winners are made. Winners are not made by quitting. 100%. No, that's that's true. I mean, you just have to start disciplining. And this is where discipline is built, you know, just disciplining yourself to do what you need to do every single day. Um, and, you know, not, you don't, you know, waste time all day long doing whatever, watching Netflix and, and eating snacks all day, <laughs> especially, especially being sheltered in place. Like, use this time to, you know, listen to podcasts, read a book, figure out some different business ideas, brainstorm, tweak your business, find ways to decrease overhead, you know, or even in your personal budget, find ways to decrease your, your personal budget. I mean, I do that all the time. I look at, I look at my budget and see, or my personal finances and see where I can decrease stuff, uh, whether it's uh, sacrificing some things to be able to, for the better, you know, it's not going to be forever. It's going to be for a couple months, mm-hmm. whether it's some type of subscription you know, that you don't need right now or cable, you don't need cable. So stuff like that, you know, just comb through your, through your uh, personal finances and see where you can uh, decrease. And you'll probably also find stuff that you don't even remember that you're paying for. Uh, hmm, yeah. Small subscriptions that you're like, you forgot about a long time ago, that could be $10 here, or $10 there, but I mean, it all adds up. For sure. And then also like, same way as a apartment operates, like if you're investing in an apartment, you're wanting to decrease to decrease uh, expenses. So, same thing, you know, try to find uh, maybe an insurance company that that's uh, cheaper than what you're paying now, and maybe you know you don't have to look for the for worse quality. You can still find quality, just you're just paying a premium for 
a name or something like that. Oh, for sure. Um, or you can look at your home insurance and see if there's cheaper options out there, save you 500 bucks a year. Um, there are tons of things you can do and to get creative to decrease your expenses, which overall increases your income because you're not paying that anymore. Yeah. So that's another another good idea to uh, do this. Yeah, and that $500 a year is $40 a month. I mean, even um, you talked about insurance. Whenever you, when you, when you got your CTSV, you told me you switched to Allstate. And at the time, I think I was with um, Safeco or something. And you told me what you were paying. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So I switched to Allstate. And I'm not, this is definitely I'm not marketing for Allstate. We don't work for Allstate. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying, dude. I switched insurances and my insurance cut in half monthly. It's just, yeah. you know, like you said, constantly looking at how you can get a, a better rate. It's not you're being a cheapo. You're just, you're trying to save it's more money. It's smart. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's really just smart keeping your overhead low. I like to look at my personal finances the way I look at a, at a business, right? Because, you know, you you're, you have your expenses, what you're paying that's going out, and then you have your income. Um, so, why wouldn't you want to run your personal finances like a business? You you want to have that thing running like a well-oiled machine, and you need to know what you're paying, what budgets you you know, uh, what budgets you have, and what they're supposed to be. So and keeping track of it too. Like I like to look at mine every couple of days, once a week, just to make sure I'm, I am following my budget that I set and <clears throat> not going over or compromising because it all goes back to discipline because you can set a budget all day long and um, just be like well i'll just take it out of this account or i'll just take it out of that and you keep doing that all month long and your expenses are even with what your income is and you're just i mean even you could be even if you're making three hundred thousand dollars a year if your expenses are 20 grand a month and your income is you know whatever 20 grand a month i, I didn't do the math 24 ish uh, okay so if you're if you're if you're making if your expenses are at twenty four and you're making twenty four, it doesn't matter if you make two or three hundred thousand dollars a year. You're still living check to check. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's extremely important to make sure you, you know, look at the finances, and make sure that's important. You bring it up in your household and harp on staying within budgets and being disciplined. And that's that's a great way to lower your expenses and you know, increase your income without really increasing your income. I mean, there's tons of ways to increase your income. That's a different, different topic. Yeah. I think that's just good. That's just good advice for, you know, how we're all dealing with this right now, you know, to have your personal finances in order and your business finances in order for times like these, where you need everything, all your costs to be as low as possible for when stuff like this hits. Obviously we don't have a lot of crazy things that we're trying to do to replace our income but we are actively doing stuff to try to offset this potential loss that it might be created if if things continue as they are i think one of the good things about what we do is our business account has you know we've hardly we've been doing this for what almost three months now together since january Uh uh-huh Yes. And our business, we've only taken from it. I mean, you, you took from it. Uh, we were supposed to take from it at the same time. I still haven't got mine. because, um, For one, I just haven't had the time to go down to Chase and get a check. But even still, the amount that we are taking is so minimal. And there's going to be cash in there to pay the rents on Mar- on April 1st when they're due. Regardless of not if we're making profit, we're going to have money in there to pay our bills. Right. And, and we'll- that's... Go ahead. I was to say that. I mean, that's another important thing. You know, you you want to be able to 
reinvest back in your business and uh, into yourself. So I know it might be tempting to take all that money and, and, and you know, go buy some, some new new clothes or whatever it may be. But you need to put it back into your business and mm-hmm. continue to expand. We were focusing on expanding and then this happened. Once this gets over the hill, we're going to go back to expanding. Yeah. And and now, honestly, I think this this is actually good. These, these are good lessons. You know, you lean into these lessons. But essentially, these lessons are going to help your business. It's going to grow your business. It's going to make you run a smarter business. It really gets you focusing on how can I run it more efficiently? How yeah. can I run it cheaper? How can I run it to survive anything? These are some of the greatest lessons you can learn from. Uh, I know it's hard, but just suck it up. You'll be fine. <laughs> and keep going. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, that, that. that's it. Yeah. And you've got to, you can't be doom and gloom. You've got to really have a positive mindset and see. And if you haven't already listened to episode one and two, we talk about mindset extensively in those two episodes. It's what they're all about. I think the normal human nature is to say, oh my goodness, the world is ending, especially if you listen to the news. I don't listen to the news because holy cow, it's so negative and it's all slanted. But if you can remain positive and say, what can I learn from this? Like what we're trying to teach y'all that, that we've learned. If you can say, okay, you know, I didn't have enough cash this time. I need to have more cash or I relied on this one thing. I can't rely on just one thing. Find the lessons in these hard times so that when this comes again, you're already prepared and you can get through it. And it's just another, it's a little speed bump, you know, because right now, if you weren't prepared, this is a mountain. This is Mount Everest. Yeah. But if you're prepared, this is just a little speed bump that if in, that you just, you know, just a little bump in the road, you're fine. You move on. So think about it. I mean, there's a lot more successful people out there than you or I or anyone listening to this like uh, you know the, the president he's been what bankrupt like five times or something <laughs> uh, it's it's not it's not the situation I mean because imagine compare yourself to you know maybe the speed bump of having to figure out how to make ends meet versus going bankrupt right you lose everything mm-hmm. it, it, it's not the situation if you can discipline your mind to keep that mindset it, it, it was his mindset that allowed him to continue to build even more each time that yep. happened yeah and so if you, it really goes back down to your mindset even even if you were to lose it all right well get back up build even bigger and smarter yeah it's not the end of the world if you're not dead it's not the end of the world. You've yeah. got to tell yourself that even as hard as it may seem, it's literally not the end of the world. Someone out there is probably going through worse things than you. And we we live in America where we think, you know, the world's ending if you can't get your Starbucks in time or whatever, which is so stupid. <laughs> when there are people who literally don't even know what under a Starbucks a is. Yeah, or under a bridge or third world countries where, you know, we could talk on and on about that. But the, the point is, be prepared pick yourself back up and just keep going. If you can keep going and then you can learn these lessons, you will never have to work at a job again. And I think that's, and if, if you're a person who likes your job and that's, that's your thing, that's cool. I'm specifically talking to entrepreneurs who want to work for themselves. If you can do these yeah. things, you're going to get through these hard times, these pandemics, these potential recessions. Anyways, guys, the point of this, of this whole thing is like we've been harping on just, Take this as a lesson for your business, for life, to be more prepared next time. Just continue climbing. Yeah, and you can do it. There are so many people, like we talked about in episode one, there are so many people who 
who failed and failed and failed before they, you know, invented whatever it was or did whatever the thing that they were wanting to do. You can do this. If you can take this, take these lessons and learn from them, put them in your tool belt and be prepared next time, you're just going to be even better than before. And you're going to just keep rising to that next level that you want to be at. So we talked about a lot. I have just a couple notes here to remind y'all. Remember, cash is king. Have cash reserves. Don't rely on anyone but yourself. Look at the opportunities in situations like this. Cut down on your, you know, your expenses, like Christian was saying. Get your personal budget in order. Get your business budget in order. And when things like this happen, you're going to be prepared and you're going to succeed. And you can do it. Yeah, so that's it. That's all we got for you guys. We'll um, hopefully try to get another episode coming next week. But for now, hang on. We're all going to get through this. Yeah, we'll see you on the other side. Thank you guys for listening. This episode of the Middle Class to Millionaires podcast has ended. But be sure to subscribe for more tips and strategies on entrepreneurship, life, and business to help you create the life you've always dreamed of. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content on planet Earth.